Welcome to Open the Brain. So I wanted to talk about wilderness therapy. For those of you who are unfamiliar with what that is, it's a series of different kinds of programs where children or young adults are sent into the woods, either court-ordered or maybe by a therapist's suggestion for a ver- various different things. Some- sometimes it could be something as simple as you skipped school, you were smoking weed, you were stealing money out of your mom's purse, things like that. Or it could be things that are a little more like illegal like maybe you were actually getting to like legitimate fights outside of a school or like you were beating people up in the bar or something in that case you would be court ordered to one of these programs when would probably be there for around six months it seemed that a lot of the kids who were sent to the programs would usually be there longer for things like that then there would never really be a court ordered um one month or a court ordered two weeks but so how these programs work is that you're given minimum gear you were given maybe five pairs of shirts or maybe maybe you're just given an outfit, like two outfits for the week or something. It's just switched in and out with like the food being brought in. They bring in food twice a week and they would drop off for the kids, all different sorts of things and the staff as well. Like we were getting, everyone's getting the same food out there. You work in the field, you are getting the same food as the kids. It, that's just how it works. And so you, you get all these basic things and you're meant to just sit around the fire and try to look at it. Maybe you have to build the fire and make it to a new campsite. You're going to sleep under the stars. There wasn't really any activity. Some programs would probably have some activity. There were things that they'd do. But for the most part, we just sat around and didn't really do anything. The therapy aspect really wasn't too frequent. We had a guy come in about once a week and talk to different students. But that was it. You spoke to the guy for an hour, then the next guy spoke to him for an hour, and then the next guy spoke to him for an hour, and so on. And that was really it for a whole week's worth of therapy. Was You had an hour, and different people had an hour, and they just had to process that while still being in the woods, not without this individual, without anyone really as a support. I mean, they had the staff with them, but the staff really weren't always going to be supportive of you and were sometimes just there for a paycheck or because they liked being in the woods and this was the only excuse they had to logically be in the woods and not a part of society, which, I mean, society is what you're being taught how to live in, so the fact that the people who are teaching you aren't really too fond of it is probably a big indicator of how... Maybe either they're understanding something you're not understanding or they're understanding something the program itself is not understanding. I personally think I learned a lot from these programs, but I don't think I really would have gotten any of these educational values had things gone right. I think it's the fact of how atrocious the program was when I was there that really allowed me to learn. And some of these examples included the three-day hike where we got lost, had no food or water, and thought we were going to die. There was a lot I learned from that. One example being, my friend and I had decided, well, maybe we should just escape. Or he had first decided maybe we should just escape, and he wanted to go run off, flag down a car. Because that's the thing. The three-day hike where we were dying, pretty much, where we thought we were going to die, there was cars driving on the road below us. We just couldn't go down and talk to them because of how the program worked. We were legitimately dying. The staff held a prayer because he thought we were all going to be dead. And it was an apology for having not been skilled enough to get us to survive to, to safety. So I decided at first, well, let, let's not just go and escape. Let's follow the rules for a bit. I think it was maybe nine hours later. It was, it was pitch black out. It was um, 
we were hearing animal noises, we were in the mountains, and I tell him, leave me here, I'm going to die. And what he responds with is, you can't do that. We were going to get out earlier and it was still daylight. You can't, you can't die now. That's not fair. You can't, that's the that, that dick move. And so, yeah, I, I was told in that moment that me choosing to die would have been guilt, would have been, what's the word? Selfish, selfish. And I mean, it kind of would have, it was kind of, a, in that moment, I would say that it would have been very, very selfish. I would have been taking my own suffering and getting rid of it just because I, and, and that makes sense, I, I, I needed to make myself happy in that moment, because that's all you ever can do in life, is make yourself happy or unhappy, make, it you, you are yourself, but anyway, that, that was a big learning moment, I learned that, um, well, you can survive for three days without food and water, that's something I learned right there, but you're not supposed to be three days without the water, the water's three day, that, that, that was day three, and it rained a little bit, and we licked the, the ground and stuff, so, I mean, we were a little bit cheating, but three days, yeah, that, that is, that is usually death, so you can't, I guess you can't go three, three with both, but food, yeah, anyway, anyway, um, Another big lesson was actually the day after that same friend when we were looking for firewood because that that's a detail I don't know if I've said yet but during these programs one of the things you have to do is you have to make the fires yourself you get two sticks a rope and two rocks and a like a cut piece of larger like log and that is what you have to to put together the fire with friction and movement and pressure but so we were looking for firewood, and he decides that he thinks he sees a nice piece of firewood. And I start seeing in slow motion as his arms reaching towards a rattlesnake. And I'm realizing uh, that that's not, a, that's not a stick. That's a snake. So I grab his arm, and I say, no, don't do that. Very calmly. Because I'm thinking, okay, there's a rattlesnake. Stay calm. Stay calm. And he's like, what do you mean? And I tell him, that's a rattlesnake. He proceeds to freak out and yell, and it starts wagging its tail. And so I did what any responsible person does, and I ran very far away. And I left him there to, I guess, get attacked. I don't know. Hey, if you're listening, T, um, I didn't want you to get attacked. It's, I'm glad you didn't get attacked. But, um, yeah, we pretty much, one of the staff went and got it pretty much, like, with the stick held it down, cut its head off, because that's another, and I don't know if, um, I don't know if this is supposed to be done, but the program's rules were, if there's a snake, you have to kill it, or move the camp a quarter mile, and nobody, not even the staff, want to move a quarter mile, they, they do this job because they get paid, they don't want to hike an extra quarter mile, move all their stuff, just because of a snake, so of course they beheaded it, and everyone wanted to be cool and say they'd eat it until they tasted it, in which case, suddenly it's no longer cool to eat snake, they think. So I sit there and have to eat a whole snake, just because my friend thinks that snakes are firewood. But that was another lesson learned. You gotta stay calm when someone might kill you, and you know, that comes in handy later in life. Or at least did for me when later in life I had to witness a drive-by shooting in Lefrak and almost witness a shooting in a train station when some guy got slapped because of some, I guess, teen challenge to slap old people in the subway. And so he swung his gun around, yelling all kinds of, oh, I'm gonna find you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you, this and that. And 
waving the thing around. That's a little off topic, I guess. But guys, pretty much these wilderness therapy programs—they're not terrible. I mean, they—they aren't—they aren't always really good. I don't think most people should be going to them. I think if you are not made to endure trauma and abuse and mental and all kinds of stuff throughout your life, you're not really made for these programs. You shouldn't be in these programs ever. There's not really anything you're going to learn from these programs that you're that, that you that you're going to fail to find in life otherwise. If you're not meant to learn it in life, you're not going to learn it. But these programs, they aren't needed, but they do sometimes teach a lesson. If you are the right kind of person, you will not come out of these programs broken. You will come out stronger than you went into it. But then again, don't forget that you would have found that same strength otherwise. You would not need a traumatizing program. But so yeah, that's wilderness therapy. Um, this is open the brain. Thank you for listening. You can find us on Spotify, Anchor, SoundCloud, YouTube, as well as Instagram. We'll be making two new episodes a week, so stay tuned.